podcast. This is Logan Chin. This is the second episode of COVID Chronicles, and my guest is Annie Connolly Sporing. Annie is a senior chemistry major, also my UCA, and uh, I wanted to talk to her not only because she's my friend and my UCA, but also because she's a senior. And, you know, we all know the unique position seniors find themselves in right now, not only having to leave the school early, but also enter- they're entering a very uncertain world given that we're living in very uncertain times. Annie and I had a very uh, informative and touching conversation. She talked about her senior thesis, how she's modifying a few things to accommodate for the interruption that we find ourselves in. She reflects on her Haverford experience and talks about what she likes about the school, what she'll miss about the school, and what she doesn't like about the school or what she thinks the school can improve on. And finally, she talks about her plans for the future, which I think is very fascinating considering uh, I can't even fathom like leaving senior year right now and going to the real world. So it's really interesting to get her insight on how she's approached all this. I hope everyone's safe, healthy, maintaining uh, your sanity, all that good stuff. You know, we still have quite a ways to go until we can go outside again without being consumed by paranoia. So, uh, yeah, just just hang in there. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, I bring to you Annalie Connolly Sporing. Thank you so much for appearing on the pod um, amid these difficult times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask you uh, is, is how are you doing amid all this? Um, I'm doing all right for now. Definitely transitioning to online learning and coming home has been a bit of a tumultuous um, start to the whole experience. I actually requested to stay on campus, but had that request denied um, by Martha Denny, which I totally understand um, my situation may not have been as pressing as other students needs to stay on campus. And so I did end up returning home, but definitely it's not exactly the most stable environment to be doing work in. So productivity is definitely something that I'm struggling with, but working into getting more of a routine on. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble uh, like paying attention during Zoom classes. Mm-hmm. Um among other things. And I've just had a lot of more trouble, like just getting work done. So, and especially I guess, considering that you're a senior and we'll talk more about how, uh, how like coronavirus impacts the senior experience later, but especially as a senior, I'm sure it's like, dang, I'm not trying to do any work right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The whole senior slump really came into play hard this last semester. And then having the whole remote learning on top of it has definitely add an extra layer of not wanting to do things. I'm finding a lot of lack of motivation, especially in trying to finish my thesis. As a chemistry major, I was getting really excited about finishing the lab work that I'd planned for the semester. And now that's been cut off due to the fact that we're no longer on campus. But now I'm trying to write up this whole big paper that's the culmination of actually three years of work for me. And it's really disappointing to have it incomplete, which is leading to a lot of lack of motivation to actually get that process going more because I had so much more planned that I was going to end up writing about that now it's hard to leave that behind and move on to just finishing. Right. And I guess if you don't mind me asking or if you don't Mm -hmm. mind sharing, could you briefly maybe preface about preface your senior thesis and like how you've tried to, uh, you know, 
accommodate for for the you know lack of lab time and the, the inability to finish your work properly? Yeah, so I actually started working on my thesis the summer after my sophomore year with Rob Brodrup. And so I've been working on doing genetic analysis of honeybee diseases for a while. And I finally got a bit more of the ball rolling on my thesis last summer where I started doing work on analyzing these genes that are related to hunger. And then I used or attempted to use CRISPR to knock out the function of these genes in honeybees. And so the work in lab that I got to was doing these injections of the enzyme that was hopefully going to interfere with their DNA. But the piece that I was missing was the actual analysis. So determining if my efforts to make these changes worked. And so in accommodating for not being able to finish lab, I've been having a lot of meetings with my thesis advisor, and he's been really accommodating in terms of pushing us over the finish line and really prioritizing just allowing us to finish and get some body of work that we're proud of. And so I'm really grateful for that and grateful for the opportunity that I've had to be able to do any of this work because at other institutions, it definitely wouldn't be possible, but it's definitely disappointing to not be able to finish it out. So I'm glad for what I've had the experience to do, but I do wish I had a bit more. Right. And yeah, well, I don't really know anything about chemistry. Um, I don't think I'm going to major in chemistry, but that sounds super cool. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> I guess, do you think like, I don't know, are you just going to leave it, you know, after, after you, you, you submit your, the- you submit your thesis, um, are, do you think you'll like come back to it or anytime soon or anything like that? Um, I don't think I'll necessarily come back to that project itself, but um, the job that I'm taking next year is actually teaching at a private independent school outside of the Philadelphia area. And we are planning on doing a little bit of um, lab work with bees with those students. So I'll get to kind of keep the chemistry alive in my life and keep lab work alive and working with bees, but not necessarily in the same way. Mm, That's great. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about more about like uh, what the future holds for later. I guess I just want to just go back. Uh, So we all left for... Uh, spring break mm-hmm. and um and right so we all left for spring break and i guess the coronavirus thing was was starting starting to get serious um mm-hmm. it wasn't like at the point where we all knew our lives would be drastically changed right. uh but like somewhere between so, somewhere during spring break it just dawned on everyone just mm-hmm. wondering like i guess what did you do spring break and at what point did that realization come to you and when it did like, what, what was your thought process, especially given that you're a senior and all? Yeah. Um, so I actually stayed on campus for spring break, which I'm looking back really, really glad that I did. I stayed on campus with a couple of friends and was trying to get a bulk of my thesis writing done. And there was a lot of speculation as we were seeing articles come up online about big big name schools like Harvard closing, saying, OK, if all of these other schools are doing this what's going to happen? Are we next? And so I was really glad to have gotten the email while I was at Haverford with friends because I was able to process all that information with them. And I was able to really pack up a bulk of my things before I had to leave. I really feel for the students that went away for spring break and didn't have the opportunity to come back to at least say goodbye to somewhere that they held really near near and dear to them or hopefully held some memories with for a long time. Um, and so I was glad to have had the opportunity to experience that and get that news with my friends, but it was definitely really daunting and especially talking about 
senior year, there's a lot that's now going to be missed that it was, I was glad to have some more memories or a chance to make a few more memories with my friends before having the rest of the year stripped away. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess individually, Mm -hmm. and maybe you could speak on behalf of your friends as well. um, Like, does this, uh, I guess, does this disruption make you does it like how does that make you feel like are do you are you like obviously you're very disappointed um mm-hmm. but i i mean it's obviously very different from high school but i just remember like about the second semester of senior high school senior year in high school i loved high school i didn't love high school i enjoyed high school <laughs> definitely had fond memories but like i was ready to get out you know i was ready to go on to the next step is that do you hold the same do you hold similar sentiments is it like mm-hmm. i'm right like i'm at the stage where i'm ready to leave or is it uh I would like to prolong my stay here as much as possible to soak it all in. Um, I definitely, definitely don't speak for all seniors here, but I think for me, I was ready to move on to the next stage of my life, but really excited about these last few months. So the last couple of weeks or the last quarter of senior year holds signing the bell tower to commemorate your four years and senior party and the last pinwheel day, last Haverfests, all of those really quintessential Haverford experiences that commemorate having gotten through four or more for students that, you know, have taken more than four years to complete a degree, um, to really commemorate the fact that you did something really great and that you have accomplished a lot. And so while I definitely was looking at this last part of my senior year as, oh, I'm so excited to finish and to move on to the next thing, I wasn't exactly beating down doors to get there I was really hoping to savor these last few moments with my friends and I think that a lot of um, my peers would echo that as well Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah that's tough that's that's definitely tough and I guess Mm -hmm. it's interesting it's like you talk about uh like Haverfest and pinwheel you know pinwheel day or whatever (laughs) like I have no no idea what that is Mm -hmm. like I mean I know what it is but I've never experienced myself so it's uh it's interesting how you know yeah, just interesting hearing you like reminisce about those times. I guess um as a senior, uh how would you I guess how should I put this? How, how would you how would you characterize how would you characterize your time at Haverford? Um and you know, I don't mean to like go deep into like your <laughs> Haverford experience, but like if you could like summarize it or if you have like any prevailing feeling mm-hmm. about it, like how would you how would you summarize it? Yeah, I definitely think that I went through a bit of an up and down with Haverford, as I think a lot of people have. I've definitely had a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, I love this institution. This is great. And probably even more moments where I find fault with many of the systems that are in place here. Um, I think freshman year I came in and I was so excited to be somewhere new. I had never been away from home for more than a night. Um, I was so excited to be moving and doing something exciting and starting to learn about the things that I love. But I definitely, over my time at Harvard, have found a lot of things that I disagree with on either institutional or social levels that I think still need to be worked on. Um, Overall, I'm definitely really happy to have had the experience that I've had here. And I feel very privileged to have had the time that I've had here and to be able to learn from such truly intelligent people and to be able to meet amazing people. A lot of my peers are really, really great students and people and activists, and I'm just very glad to have had those experiences. But I definitely would not say that Haverford is in any way a perfect place. And I think that there's a lot of 
growing that needs to continue to be done. And I'm excited to see what future classes are able to impart on the community. Right. And I guess not, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to like have you shat on Haverford, but mm-hmm. I think like, <laughs> I feel like given, uh-huh. given your experience and given the, pers- the unique perspective you have, um, are there any, are there any like, uh, like cultural problems or institutional problems that you've identified that have been fixed since you, since freshman year? And, uh, and as you said, there are still outstanding, there are a couple, there are a couple, you know, things that should still be addressed and uh, worked on. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that there are a number of things that need to be changed. For example, the fact that there hasn't been a director of the Women's Center for a very long period of time, um, and they're only just kind of trying to get that back up and running, which is largely in part due to to the efforts of a lot of students um, who are working really hard and believe in that center. Um, We have had a lot of trouble with our Title IX coordinators leaving or generally not upholding the values that I think are very important in regards to that. I think um, something that you probably have thought a lot about this year is the customs program. Um, Mm -hmm. So for members of the class of 2020 who either started four years ago or even before that, Um, my freshman year, I had eight members on my customs team. And then our, over our time at Haverford, we saw that slash to the six that there is now. And now next year, there's going to be only three members of the customs team. And that's in some way to help pay the program. But in doing that, it's going to lose a lot of the integrity of having a large support group for first years to Mm -hmm. engage with and meet with. And so I think that while there have been efforts made to fix some of these things like finally looking into hiring a new women's center director or looking into getting a more permanent title IX coordinator or looking at ways to pay customs team members they're not exactly the ways that are going to benefit the community fully or are not in my opinion being done in the best way that they could be or in the most timely fashion yeah i guess i um I mean, for those who don't know, and I guess not many people know this, Annie's mm-hmm. my UCA. And uh, I, I would like, I totally get what you're saying about um, the cust- the customs experience and how, mm-hmm. I guess, how it it is like, I mean, I had six people and you had eight, but even six, it felt like, um, it felt like six people gave the custom experience enough. Like it just gave, I think I think like six people made it feel like there was at least someone that you could really identify with in in some regards, you know, like Definitely, six people made yeah. it, it it like made it more um, immersive instead of having like two people that like everyone would just like look up to. It's like you have six people, and when it's six people, it's like it it, it definitely makes it more um, communal. And like credit to you and the customs team, like dang, that really like made like upon reflection, it really made my transition. Um, into college a lot easier because that that shit's huge as everyone knows Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i I totally get it and uh you know it it remains to be seen like how 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 having two will work and you know i guess people do have to be paid and i'm sure i mean you put so much effort into like being a uca Mm -hmm. um it definitely definitely like deserves compensation and stuff like that but yeah uh (laughs) i guess conversely um Mm -hmm. 
are there like particular things? I mean, I asked Rasak this. He was like my last guest, and uh, mm-hmm. I asked him like, especially just this is just, and that was this is just like on a more like on like a smaller scale. It was just like, what does the coronavirus make you miss about Haverford? And he said it was the small things, uh, which I thought was like very insightful. I guess um, both in terms of just this coronavirus right now, and at large, what will you miss about Haverford? Um, I think something that I really miss is just the ability to sit in a room and talk with people for however long about whatever topic. Um, so, you know, you can still get pockets of that through FaceTiming friends or Zooming with friends, but the ability to feel both physically and mentally close with people, I think is something that I'm going to miss a lot. Um, especially those people who, you know, I was very friendly with around campus, but now I'm realizing not friendly enough to connect with now from a distance. So those people that I would see in the dining center or see around in classes and chat with them and catch up with them that I am not going to have the opportunity to see again for an indefinite amount of time. You know, who knows if we're going to be able to have an in-person commencement at some point or, you know, alumni weekend in five years when we get our reunion, who's going to be able to afford to come to that or be able to take time off work or time away from families to be able to engage with that I think I'm really just going to miss seeing the people yeah yeah and I I mean I've I've only just started you know my college experience mm-hmm. but uh I totally understand that and I guess this is you know upon reflection it's like this is one of the last few times where you can have a community how we're gonna have like like a school like community where it's it's like no one's like you're not in like a work setting if there's no like politics in it right it's mm-hmm. like everyone's like just learning together and you know that that i don't know that makes it very special i feel like i feel like it's like much more loving and especially you know that's like haverford culture you know yeah in general um yeah so i guess uh do you recently um this is kind of a, a, a I, I digress but like recently uh a, a like a few incoming freshmen have started following the uh the the inst- our instagram page which is Hapford Life Podcast, shameless bump. <laughs> but uh, yeah, few, few people have been uh, following our Instagram page who are incoming freshmen. And uh, I'm sure they'll be listening to this because, I don't know, I'll, I'll advertise it a lot, but uh, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure a few of them will be listening now. Mm-hmm. I guess, do you, for, for an incoming freshman, and you said that you hadn't spent, you hadn't, you hadn't spent a night away from your parents, mm-hmm. you know, until coming to college. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that. Um, and it must've been very daunting for you, I guess. Do you have any uh, like advice to give to freshmen? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of advice that I would give to freshmen, um, especially looking back to give to freshmen near me. I think I needed a lot more help than I thought that I did. Um, but I think the biggest piece of advice that I guess I would have wanted someone to tell me freshman year, and actually a lot of people did end up telling me, was that it's okay to not know what you're doing and to ask someone for help. I think that I um, needed a lot of assistance that I was too nervous to ask for in terms of both my academics and just my general adjustment to college. And so I think not being afraid to reach out to friends or customs team members or professors or deans to really get the support that you need um would be my biggest piece of advice that I would give a freshman or a first year yeah that's like that's big like asking for help and usually I don't I don't know why it's like become like such a taboo thing to ask for help or 
not taboo, but it's like, it's like good not to ask for help, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I think like that's a d- culture that de- that's like a, an American thing that definitely should be changed. Like asking for help is yeah, for sure. Very, very important. And like, you know, any, any freshman can come, you know, talk to me like, you know, if, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I'll be a sophomore next year, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, yeah, definitely like, you know, count, you know, talk to people if you're having a hard time and cause the transition is, is a lot and, and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, uh, just moving on to the, to this last topic, um, you're about to graduate, uh, mm-hmm. and you didn't, you mentioned you were working at a, at, at a private school, I guess. What, um, could you just elaborate a bit on that? And I guess a, a bit more, um, because I don't know, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people right now or, my, or a lot of underclassmen are wondering what life is like after senior year because mm-hmm. it's like okay like now you're kind of an adult and i don't know i i like struggle i like grapple with that a lot like dang like once after senior year i'm like i'm fully an adult i guess right now you said i mean you said you're going to the uh you're going to be teaching at a private school mm-hmm. um aside from teaching at a private school i mean you could i would like you to if you could you could uh just elaborate on that a little bit but also like do you have any like broader goals right now is it sort of just like free spirit like we'll just see what happens mm-hmm. you know how, what, what's your what's your take on all that yeah so I started working at this private school this year through um the help of my thesis advisor he was working there a little bit and so I kind of got brought in and I actually originally really thought that I was going to be pre-med for the longest time and in October had what some would call the most dramatic form of a quarter-life crisis where I realized I didn't want to be a doctor and I had no idea what I was going to do. And then I realized that I really loved working at this school and that I really loved teaching students and working with students and helping students kind of realize what they can do and what their potential is. And so um, I'm really interested in education on a broader scale. And so for now, I am going to be working in this private school because I don't have the certifications to be working in a public school as a teacher, but I'd really like to get a PhD in educational policy and go on to do um, some work in higher education and possibly some educational reform work to help um, make the education system more equitable and um, allow more students to find the success despite the fact that the gr- the greater system is against them. Um, with that being said, I feel very fortunate to be able to have security in the job that I found for next year. Um, even if this whole quarantine and virus situation is still happening come September, my job will still be there and students still need to go to school in some capacity. And so whether that's remote or in person, I will have that job next year. And I feel very lucky for that because you know, the job market right now is very unstable. I've heard of other students having offers rescinded or um, having entire hiring processes halted or put on pause. And so I definitely think that um, it's very nerve wracking and also a bit scary to be a senior right now and trying to be, you know, it's hard enough to enter the real world, the adult world after college. But now we have this whole extra pressure of entering the adult world when no one knows what that looks like for right now or how long it's going to look like the way it is right now. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, like the, congratulations on like, I mean, I don't know, congratulations on, on the job and Thank like, you. <laughs> and, 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 you know, 
I guess having a vision, like even if it's a vision that you don't follow, you know, in mm-hmm. the end, you know, like having a vision like that is super admirable and like, damn, educational policy, that sounds really interesting and real. And it, I don't know, like just given how good of a UCA you are, like <laughs> I feel like you, uh, you know, I don't know, you know how these things work. Uh, so that's great. But, but yeah, like the, I, I do not, um, I do not envy people entering the job, job market right now because that's very tough and, and and you're right like the biggest i think the biggest concern about all this and to an extent this is what my parents tell me to an extent this wasn't even the case in 2008 it's like it's so it's everything is just so uncertain like you're mm-hmm. right we don't know whether we'll uh, we don't know whether we'll be i don't know if i'll be going back to school like i don't know if we'll like i'll be going back to Haverford next semester like in person because who knows how long this could last right. and uh so yeah, that's that, you're right. That's like a that's a, that's that's a thing. That's a thing that all of us are are grappling with. I think, but uh, I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to end on like this this somber note. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess I just want to say like, you know, you're. I guess I guess, thank you so much for like. I guess on a personal level, thank you so much for being great UCA, but. On, on like uh on like a more broader level like it's clear that you care about uh the school a lot and mm-hmm. i don't know i'm sorry it had to sorry i had to end this way but uh, you know that's i guess that's life right but yeah anyway thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> yeah no thank you for honestly i've so i've done customs for three years and i've really enjoyed all of the first years that i've met through that but I definitely am really grateful to have had such an amazing haul for the last year that I was able to do customs and for the last year that customs looks the way that it does right now. Yeah. Right, so thank right. you for the impact you've had. on that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Of course. And, and, you know, uh, we'll try to, I, I, I guess I can speak for my entire year when we say that we'll try to having known the, the old customs format, we'll try to like maintain the same culture, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, well, anyway, um, Annie, thank you so much for uh, appearing on the pod and uh, best best of luck for, for your future endeavors. Yeah, thank you so much.